an unhealthy aspect of being an actor, of course, is to use that character or that puppet as a shield against the world. A healthy aspect is to be a completely rounded individual and do this as a craft or an art because you enjoy it. You know, Which is, I think we're, I think we're both. Yeah. Also, we're we're, 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 we're at various else, times and various people. Everybody else in the world wants to do, and that's act crazy. Except we get paid mm -hmm. to do it. That's the big difference. <laughs> how did the characters develop? Did New Zealand just spring full-born in someone's head one day? Well, they needed a boomerang fish act, and I was the only one that had one. <laughs> yeah. You see, I show them a way, and they come back to me. Hi-ho, and welcome once again to a feat of lunatic daring, the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, Muppetational podcast about Jim Henson and the Muppets. My name is Chad. I'm here with my co-host, Nick Jackson. Nick, not only is the end nigh, the end is here. Well, I mean, we've had another season in uh, in the Muppet Show, but after that, it is it is basically nigh, yeah. Well, the, 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 the end of this season, hmm. the, the end of our season four with our, our season four wrap-up show. How are you doing this evening? I am so happy to theoretically not be working this weekend. Theoretically? Theoretically. We're going to keep it theoretical because I don't want to jinx myself. I've been two weeks home alone without my family. Not home alone in a fun way. I'm not like dropping paint cans on um, Joe Pesci's head or something. That just tells me you're not a sociopath. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a, um, it's been a crucible about that. It's been a test of my mental health. This is a feat of lunatic daring. We're a podcast about Jim Henson and the Muppets. Before we get started, we'd like to ask you to check us out on social media at Lunatic Daring on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, lunaticdaring.com, where you can find all of our episodes, our watch list, and our bibliography. We have just finished watching the entire fourth season of The Muppet Show. And tonight we're gonna we're doing our top five, top five lists. I'm, I'm, I, this is, this is, I always enjoy doing these at the end of the season. I don't know about you. I do too. I, I'm gonna let you know, usually I try my best not to double dip. I can't not double dip this season. I think I gave every award to Harry Belafonte last season. So it's, it was hard to resist. But, uh, no, we'll have fun. Let's, let's get started. Let's get started. All right. We're going to start off fairly difficult territory here. We're going to start off with best guest star. Ooh. I'll go first, starting at five. My number five, and this is a sentimental pick is the stars of Star Wars. I'm surprised that was at number five. I thought that'd be higher up. No, it's number five. Uh, Mark Hamill, Kenny Baker, Peter Mayhew, and Anthony Daniels. Um, specifically Mark Hamill, of course. Uh, uh, a very special episode to me. Very special guest stars to me. And um, and I think we had talked about that episode. It's a little uneven, but I think Mark brings it. He really comes to play. Uh, the I think the stuff with him and his, his uh, cousin, his identical cousin, is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so the stars of Star Wars. I only put them in number five because I didn't want to seem like I was showing favoritism. What's your number five? Uh, John Denver, actually. He's the opener for the season. I was thinking back and I thought he was part of last season. But it's it was a nice way to come back. It He he plays very well with the Muppets. He seemed like he was having a great time. The sketch where, actually, I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself because I'm double dipping this time. I am not. Oh, I am. Okay, never mind. I'll I'll get back to that later. Uh, but he he did really really well. Yeah, no, he was great, and obviously his relationship with the Muppets, you know, extended beyond that episode. My number four is Shields and Yarnell. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I really liked them. Um, they taught me something. More on that later. 
Mm-hmm. I really like them because they make my kids happy. I was about to say that's one of your daughter's favorite episodes, isn't it? Yeah, and I wouldn't have guessed that going in that they would have loved the mime the mime episode, but they really love their quote the one with the robot people. Mm-hmm. And um, and I thought their their three big numbers in the episode were really great. And they were really good at what they did. And then learning more about them, learning how, you know, uh, she was dot matrix mm-hmm. <laughs> in Spaceballs and how he may have invented the robot as the dance. That's pretty crazy. So, so they seem like pretty cool people. So, Shields and Yarnell. That was a good pick. Uh, my number four was actually Victor Borge for a couple of reasons. He's like first finding out about his life. He lived a very epic life, but also it takes a lot of skill to play something poorly the right way. Like if you see, oftentimes if you see an actor playing the village idiot on screen, they're usually very highly intelligent because you've got to, you've got to know how to time the jokes. So they're just off key in the right way. But him like just playing with the standards and constantly just rolling with whatever came, came his way. I thought it was a really strong performance. He was really good. My number three is Linda Carter. I just thought she was awesome. Mm-hmm. obviously she's wonder woman i thought her two numbers were great i thought she played really well with the muppets and she just seemed really cool i i think that was a good pick uh she was actually my number two. Oh, okay but we'll i'm not going to skip over number three because she also did an amazing job my number three was beverly sills oh that's a good one she's anytime you see her on screen she is in complete command of whatever is going on in that scene she's great She's never flustered or anything else. The second they throw something at her, she's just, she's kind of like the most you'll get is that Danny McBride-esque look of exasperation, but she's never out of control of the scene. Yeah, that's a really good pick. Um, My number two is Christopher Reeve. Going with a a DC streak? Yeah, I'm I'm basically just, just apparently all my favorite guest stars from this season were my childhood heroes, but... Christopher Reeve had so many great moments in his episode. He has the the um, one he has to deal with a very horny piggy. More on that later. He has his relationship with the rats, which I think is funny. The the phone booth kind of runner throughout the episode. Um, his attempt at, at, at doing Hamlet and his resistance to doing Hamlet, and, and then later on his kind of coy. You know, they they played it really coy about him being Superman. Hmm. And him never once revealing the S on his chest during the episode, but um, but making kind of references to it all throughout. But um, I don't know. I thought Chris Reeve was really good. He was he was one of my honorable mentions. He was really good. We already talked about Linda Carter a little bit, but she was my number two. And I just I was because I, I had very little concept of who she was, but she played so well and so easily with the Muppets. She just she was probably one of the most laid back guest stars that we've seen this season. All right. Guess my number one. Ooh, your number one. Is it Liza Minnelli? It is Liza Minnelli. Absolutely is Liza Minnelli. Um, Liza's a superstar and I think her episode proves it. She knocks it out of the park in her numbers and um, I think she's really funny in her as the, as the not quite femme fatale of the episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Liza was the first person I wrote down. Who would you guess is my number one? <laughs> That's tough. Carol Channing. No, though, that is a good guess. Uh, It's actually Alan Arkin. (laughs) Alan Arkin impressed the hell out of me during his episode because like he did the Dustin Hoffman-esque like I'm sad thing, but he also flipped between that and like the manic Mr. Hyde persona. He he was just great. He was. That scene where he takes out all the bunny rabbits is comedy gold, despite the use of the song. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly because of it. It's funny. We talk about honorable mentions. All of my honorable mentions, except for one, were on your list. Who, who did I miss? Uh, just Diana Ross. 
She, yeah. I really like Diana Ross. That episode rubbed me the wrong way, but she's great. But uh, Do you have any, any other honorable mentions for guest stars? I think Liza Minnelli was one of mine. Christopher Reeve was one of mine. So we're kind of in the same ballpark. Oh, yeah. Generally speaking. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to talk about the toughest category. Oh. This is the toughest category. Uh-huh. Best musical number. This was this hard. Is, this is so hard. So you get to start at number five. All right. So number five. So the, the interesting thing about my number five pick is, if not for one thing, it probably would have been my number one. It's Beaker singing feelings in 423. The, the comedic payoff of Animal telling the audience to pipe down is great and all, but I would have loved to see just like a straight through rendition of Beaker meeping feelings and just selling. He sold it so well. number five is also feelings. <laughs> I agree. The, the one thing keeping it from being higher on the charts is that it's only half a, it's only half a number. Mm-hmm. So good though. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Um, so what was your number four? The gambler from 410. Nice. Nice. I've heard the song before. I, I don't have a problem with Kenny Rogers, but I wouldn't have called myself a fan, but the way that they played that, the the fact that all the puppets in that scene were just the side of the uncanny valley and that it was weirdly poignant, it was it was very well done. I liked it a lot. Honorable mention for me, I'm surprised it didn't make my list, but honorable mention for me. Just for the dancing dead guy. Yeah. Yeah. My number four is a bit of a wild card. My number four is Take Ten Terrific Girls. From uh, Sattler and Waldorf. We have a secret recipe. That's true. Concocted with much skill. Yes. And once you've tried our special dish. That's right. You'll never get your fill. Take ten terrific girls, but only nine costumes, and you're cooking up something grand. <laughs> yeah, um, the opening number that Statler and Wardorf conduct when Kermit dares them to do a better job than they did. It was unlike anything we'd seen before. It's a big, raucous, vaudeville number, and uh, I just remember it being a, a really nice surprise when it happened and really enjoying uh, really enjoying that number. You don't get to see them do much on stage for obviously diegetic reasons, but it was really, um, I don't know. It was a catchy one for sure. The higher we got up on this, the harder it was to narrow these down. And yeah. like weirdly eliminating certain things from the higher tier, bump them down to uh, honorable mentions. Number three is Macho Man from 405. Okay. I think you tried to warn me about this one ahead of time, but it was so great. Yeah. 
It was so yeah. great seeing Link have to square off against Gonzo. It's just the leather. It's so great. We may have to talk about it again in a minute. Yeah. What was your number three? Uh, my number three is six string orchestra. Taking guitar lessons, but my teacher just took leave. It was something about a breakdown or needing a reprieve. I know I'll find my future, so I will persevere and hold on to my dream of making music to their ear. And so I'll dream a bass will join me and fill the bottom in. And maybe now some lead guitar so it would not sound so thin. I need some drums to set the beat and help me keep in time. And way back in the distance, some horns would sound so fine. From episode 417, that's uh, Scooter in his bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved that song. I've always loved that number. The use of the ghostly electric mayhem. Um, yes, the Star Destroyer poster on the wall is upside down, and that still bothers me. <laughs> but um, uh, I like it when Scooter gets a good number. Um, I love Richard Hunt, and uh, I think this is a really good number from Scooter and Richard Hunt. What would you guess my number two is? Green Door. No, though that is an honorable mention and a great guess. Um, yeah. because I am in fact a dirty old man. It's actually zippity doodah. <laughs> and if you would have told me this time last year that a Muppet rendition of zippity doodah would have made one of my top Muppet performance lists, I would have looked at you like you were crazy. The thing is Alan Arkin going in and assaulting tiny rabbits on mass to the side of zippity doodah is like just the right kind of transgressive and <laughs> Battler and Waldorf throwing the bunny rabbit back out of the box. Just, <laughs> I feel weird for nominating it, but that particular, like they didn't play it straight at all. It almost seems like they're poking at it. And I don't think that's what their intention was. I think they were just like, we're going to have to go have Alan go berserk on a couple of rabbit Muppets, but it works. It just does. Uh, my number two is macho man. Hmm. West side story with link in Gonzo. It's two of my favorite Muppets doing West Side Story. How am I not going to love that? It's true. Singing the village people while in leather, decked out in leather. Come on. Come on. What was your number one? Uh, no, nah, I'm not going to have you guess. It's Scooter Sings the Nominees. There's John and Liza, Sly and Bob, and Eldon Jay, who wasn't bad. Raquel and Steven, Cheryl, Alice, Edgar B., he's Charlie's dad. As well as Candace, she was great and really earned her salary. And so did Twiggy, Ethel Kay, and Peter, Paul, and Valerie. There's Crystal, Victor, Linda, Dudley, Helen, Roy, and Judy. There's Milton, Phyllis, Cloris, James, Loretta, Spike, and Rudy. There's Elkie, Liberace, Lynn, and Harry, Avery, Cleo, Lou, Teresa, J. P. Gilda, Rich, Don, Jean, Bruce, Pearl, and Leo, too. <gasps> There's Lena, Harvey, Juliet, Diane, and if I get a chance, I'll try to find a place where I can also mention Mum and Shantz, along with Roy and Dale, Petula, Andy, Phyllis, Rita, Dom, and Nance, and Sandy, Harlow, Joel, and George, and Florence, Dizzy, Julie, and Lorene, and Bob, and Peter, and Connie, Kenny, Bernadette, Marisa, Chris, and Rita, Madeline, and Senior, Wences, Lola, Charles, and Beverly. This list is getting much too long, so I'll just end it cleverly. Leslie, Leslie, Ann, and John, and Danny, he's my hero. Roger, Ruth, Jim, Vincent, Ben, and last not least, is hero. Nice, nice. I'm going through all of those, and just the performance on that was ridiculous. More Richard Hunt? Yeah. 
Richard Hunt played his ass off. He, he did a great job. That's very cool. I didn't even consider that. That's very neat. My number one is uh, Gonzo singing Act Naturally in the Mirror. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. They'll make a film about a man who's sad and lonely. And all I gotta do is act naturally. Mm-hmm. In episode 405. Uh, same episode as Macho Man, actually. Yeah. Victor Borgia. <laughs> this song has a, a lot of personal meaning for me, actually. Um, I actually wrote a pilot called Act Naturally many, many years ago that never never got picked up. And um, Gonzo being Gonzo, and, and I think it's a perfect marriage of song and, and Muppet. And, uh, and I think the tricks that you do with the mirror are really cool. And uh, yeah, so Act Naturally, which was not a hard choice for me just personally it may not be the best musical number of the year but it's my favorite it's a good one it's a solid choice what were some of your honorable mentions because this was one of the hardest ones for me to narrow down this season um let's see i had i get around Mm -hmm. pigs on bikes can't go wrong with pigs on bikes uh gonzo singing my way Mm -hmm. but i did want to have two gonzo songs uh the gambler i had liza doing copacabana copacabana Mm. Uh, River Road by Crystal Gale. Um, that's a shout out for, to my daughter. Uh, a little help from my friends with Janice and the Human Sacrifice. That was on my honorable mention list for sure. And uh, Green Door. I, uh, I had those plus uh, Why Can't We Be Friends from 401 because that was just a great way to bring us in. An interesting honorable mention because what saves it is Gonzo is the greatest dancer from 411. I wasn't really feeling the, the sketch until Gonzo gets on. He just steals the show. And then there was The Devil Went Down to Georgia, but I already had Zippity Doodah from 420, so I didn't want to double dip on that. On that same note, Run, Rabbit, Run, because I've got a dark and twisted sense of humor. (laughs) Run, Rabbit, Run is pretty great. Um, And last but not least, we've got Do I Diddy by Jerry and the Atrix from 413. Nice. This was a really good season for music. It it really was. It was tough. Like any of these things said, Act Naturally is a personal favorite of mine, but any of these others could be anywhere. Yeah. Although feelings, I think, is perfect at number five. I wanted to put it at number one. So our next category is our favorite comedy bits slash storylines. So basically, uh, numbers, sketches that we like that that aren't musical. Hmm. My number five is just Bear on Patrol. In general? In general. Hmm. Um, It takes two of my favorite Muppets and puts them together. It is another Frank-Jim combo. That was uh, it's a new Frank Jim combo, uh, hooking up Link and Fozzie together, mm-hmm. and uh, the one with the octopus I always found uh, really hysterical as a kid, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, just Bear on Patrol in general. My my number five was actually a UK spot, the one from Four Twelve, where you just have that back and forth of people stealing the the trophy and saying we was robbed. <laughs> we was robbed. It was <laughs> oh with the with the with the yeah the flying zucchini brothers or whatever yeah. they were called this time. And just like the back and forth of it, it was, it's a very simple straight, I I say straightforward, it was probably chaos to actually get it done, but it's a very simple, straightforward sketch story wise, but it does exactly what it needs to do. And it's that sweet spot. My number four is Kermit's birthday. Yeah. This is your life episode. Yeah. I like the, the, this is your life parody of it. I loved Kermit's acting coach. I love the guilt trip that Wayne and Wanda (laughs) lay lay real thick on him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you get the great, and the the great giant musical number at the end with Linda Lavin, where they're dancing up a giant birthday cake, all building up to the revel to the revelation that uh, it's not Kermit's birthday. It was a really good concept episode for sure. Uh, my number four was actually the Shields and Yarnell Wild West sketch. Uh, yeah, no, I loved Shields and Yarnell, so I love that uh, number. 
What was your number three? Sam's family. Hey, hey Sam, why, why do you do this? Someone has to do it. Uh, but, but don't you have a home or something like that? Oh, yes, I have a family. I'm married. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. You have a home? Yes, well, uh, my wife and I are separated. Huh? She uh, flew the coop. Do you have any, uh, have we any kids? We were very close, though. We were very close. Oh, yeah? Mm. Well, what, what's your name? Uh, I forgot. Oh, that was so sad. It is sad. It's very sad. Uh, and it's very dark. And it's also very funny. Yeah. But uh, it's the scene where Kermit asks, because Kermit, it's important. It's important because Kermit asks Sam finally the question that you and I have been asking for four seasons now, which is, Sam, why are you here? Sam proceeds to then tell a very outrageous lie about his family. But his life is so miserable that his made up family is a disaster. He's separated from his wife. He doesn't talk to his kids. He disapproves of their lifestyles. This is what he's making up. It's very sad. And that makes it very funny. It's, it is strange that that would be his, his option for, for believability is just to say, yeah, but you won't believe it. If I tell you that they're, they're all very fond of me. So they've, they've also left me too. It could be where he's like, listen, I'm going to lie about this, but the frog knows me. And so he can't imagine. So it's going to be a too far of a walk to convince him that I have a happy family life. (laughs) But at least I can tell him that I that I have something. But uh, I just love uh, Sam. Why are you here? Number three is actually the Muppet Labs from four twenty two with the uh, Tiger Machine. Mm, yep. Okay. There were some really there were some doozies on the Muppet Labs this season. I think that Beaker even died on one. But seeing Honeydew get his comeuppance even in a small way, super gratifying. Uh, my number two is Frank breaking John Denver. That's my number two, too. We are going to the swamp. Yes, the swamp. Yes. Yes. Well, do do you have everything? Do you have your snake bite kit? What? Your your snake bite kit. There are snakes in the swamp. They may bite you. uh, Snakes? Well, yes, Piggy, snakes. And and also, one th- you, you need a short, sharp stick about that long. Oh, a walking stick. Yes, yes, no, I'm no, no, sure. No, 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 no. This is for the alligators. Alligators. Why, yes, darling. The alligators, when they open their mouths to eat you, you, you jam the stick, and, and they can't close their jaws. Under you. Close it. Good. Well, yes, and also, Piggy, one other thing, and this is of, of critical importance. Yes. Every morning when you get up, before yes. you put your boots on, yes. be very sure to shake them vigorously. Why? Well, Piggy, at night when you're asleep in the swamp, sometimes there, there are spiders and little creepy crawly things, and they'll, they'll get in your boots, and, and if you don't shake them out... <laughs> Is it? On the explaining camping to Miss Piggy, just seeing, like, the way that Piggy pronounces alligator. Yeah. And just... Seeing John Pace as he does that. Which is straight out of the Muppet movie, The Alligator. So good. And just, just you can just tell Denver's just trying to hold on. And failing miserably. And failing miserably. It's so good. It's such a good one. So my number one is Veterinarian's Hospital number 322 with the rabbit. Uh-huh. That was um, a good one. To me, it's just the best vet's hospital that we've seen thus far. The jokes are rapid fire. They're actually like legit funny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it goes on. It's very Is that long. the one with the, the references to things like Doctor Who and the other ones or. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, 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 with the Abbott, that was the rabbit and Costello rabbit and Costello. Yeah. That was a great one. 
you actually kind of mentioned my number one already in passing, but it's uh, the Bear on Patrol from 416 with the octopus. Oh, okay. Yeah. The second that, like, it's it's great all the way up, but the second you see Fozzie pop up with the octopus on his head <laughs> yeah, and, like, just mean mugging the entire time and Link none the wiser, I was just like, I can't not put this on the list somewhere. Just a nice, nice combination of two clueless individuals. It, it's not often that you have you have a sketch where the clueless person in the sketch is not Fozzie. Only by comparison, but yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. Fozzie's the smart one. All right, so our next category is our WTF slash nightmare fuel slash what were they thinking slash I'm just confused category. Just five things that kind of stood out to us that made us go, huh. Not, hmm, that's, an Ars- that's copyright Arsenio Hall, but things that made us go, huh. When I was going back through this list, I wanted to make sure I went back through all of the episodes just because I didn't want to forget or leave anything out. And as soon as I got to my number five, I had a visceral reaction that I sh- it doesn't make any sense. It's Billy the Bear from 412, the guy that was trying to replace Fozzie. <laughs> oh, that's right. You wanted to Will Smith him. I want to be, I still like, I just saw his name and I wanted to fight and it doesn't make any sense because I know I'm not going to be able to punch out a bear, even if it's a Muppet one. But for some reason, yeah. there's just like this visceral strong dislike of billy the bear oh he earns it yeah he's just like why does he no just no no billy my number five is swing low sweet cadillac with dizzy gillespie Mm -hmm. i just don't know what to think of it i don't think you're supposed to it still makes me feel uncomfortable that one didn't have a content warning did it no but it made me feel uncomfortable (laughs) <laughs> and I can't 100% say why. And I can't 100% say I'm qualified to say why as a white male. But it made me feel uncomfortable. If you cross the line six times, you're doing fine. The use of a Negro spiritual in this somewhat comedic way, which I, and then the kind of Arabic setting and his cleavage it was a lot to process. That's it's all. It's a dizzying effect. It's a lot. It was. It was very dizzying. It was. It was a lot to process. My uh, my fourth slot, because this was this was a bit of a runner, and it also meant we had to spend extended time with the baby muppets. But Bobby Benson's visit from CPS. I know he didn't call them CPS, but I my head canon <laughs> is that it was CPS, and they were there to talk to him about the fact that you know they it's the seventies. They don't care if he's or the eighties. They don't care if he's chain smoking around his kids. But he's got a lot of kids. Um, how is he taking care of those kids? He's putting those kids to work. Yeah, just Bobby Benson being escorted out by the police. Yeah, Bobby Benson's legal woes. That <laughs> well, was that was on my honorable mention list. Was Bobby Benson's legal issues? It was so weird. Uh, my number four is just uh, mimes can talk. Yeah, that's it. That's fair. That, that was something that made me say, "Huh, mimes can talk." So my number three. Could have been a split between different things, but one rises above the rest because there were a couple of different things that had uh, effects with eyes. Yeah. But the tree staring contest from 411. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. It's it's a problem. It's a whole ass. I don't understand. Like, it goes evil dead at the end. It's just weird. My number three is just how flat out horny Piggy is for Christopher Reeve. Yeah. It's not veiled. It's not PG. She wants to screw. She wants to screw him, and she is very, very clear about that. Piggy doesn't do subtle, but the show can do subtle, and the show does not do subtle here. It is so rampant. 
it, it's just so, I, I don't know. It was the horniest we've ever seen her. She's never like that for the frog. Never. I, I think she, uh, she doesn't know that the frog can take that. Whereas the man of steel, on the other hand, what would you guess that my number two is? I have no idea. So it's, it's Sam's science presentation with the weird protozoa from 409. Kermit the protozoa. Yeah. It was so, un- I just, it made me weird, uncomfortable, like acutely uncomfortable. It's another honorable mention for me. It it's was on upsetting. It's on my list. Kermit the protozoa and, and Fozzie the amoeba. Yeah, it was upsetting. My number two was just Carol Channing as an entity. That's my number one. <laughs> just, just as an entity, just Carol Channing. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I, that's I will expand on that in a minute, but yeah. So the thing is usually with a, what, with a WTF category, you're looking at things that were just a little off kilter, a little off key. Maybe they didn't land. Maybe they pushed something too far. Carol Channing walks that tightrope where I am consistently uncomfortable and also very impressed with everything that she does. She is very accomplished at what she does, but I also like don't want to look at her directly for too long. And it doesn't mean that she's like hideous or anything like that. There's just something idiosyncratically off kilter, and it's I think it's by design. Uh, I think I uh, I compared her to like a proto Amy Sedaris or Tracy Ullman. Yes, thank you, Tracy Ullman. Yeah, just um, her persona in general is just I, I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> uh, my number one is not is Doug Henning not doing any real magic. <laughs> yeah, I gotta guess that. That's that's my number one is Doug Henning coming onto the Muppet show to show off his skills as a magician and not doing that using cuts and using puppets and not doing any real tricks other than maybe some sleight of hand uh, on screen. And that bothered me and it still bothers me. I didn't mind him as much, but I understand none of these things are anywhere near sweet gingerbread man still. No, God, no, never. Why did you remind me of that? Fresh out of the pan. Sweet gingerbread man. So now we have our top five characters. These aren't our, our favorite Muppets. These are the Muppets that we enjoyed the most this season. Uh, so my number five, I cheated. And my number five is Beaker and Bo. As a team? I can see that. As a team. Yeah. They decided this season to kind of pair them up. Um, the kind of idiot man child and the guy who can't talk. And they decided to give them responsibilities, which I don't understand. Um, why, you would, why you would look at Beauregard and go like, hey, dude. You're the one to do this job. I don't know. They make a very good comedic team. My my number five is actually Rizzo. Like this is the first time that we see him named, but also even before he's named, anytime you see Rizzo on screen, he is doing work. He is not screwing around. He is he is trying to get something done. He is acting in service of something else. Rizzo's hustling. Rizzo will continue to be a hustler. My number four is Link. I just love Link. Link will probably be on here next year too, unless they decide to write him off the show. Oh God, if they killed off Link, that would be super dark. I would probably laugh, but I wouldn't be happy about it. But give me some pigs in space. Give me some patrol bear. That uh, The last pigs in space where Miss Piggy was ignoring the invisible wall and you just see Link trying his best. Oh yeah. Tr- just trying to make that invisible wall gag work when, when Piggy was just ignoring it. Yeah. Just the vanity and, and he's, he's, I mean, what can I say about him? He's a macho man. Macho, macho pig. 
My number four is actually Miss Piggy. She's so we've already established that Frank is on fire and the best puppeteer of his generation, but he doesn't slack. He doesn't rest on his laurels. Miss Piggy is still giving 110 this season. And it's great. My number three continues to be Fozzie bear. He'll probably stay at number three. Um, he had another really solid season. I felt like maybe he slacked off a little bit last year, but he got a, you know, it, it's hard. You know, Fozzie suffers because of Piggy's popularity. He gets a little less screen time because of Piggy. Still, when he was on, he, when he was on stage, he was killing it. And, uh, and by killing it, I mean being in, just awful. Um, but, uh, you know, there's some great stuff him, him, uh, when he's trying to be a superhero and, um, uh, there's the bit with Diana Ross that I thought was really funny. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, it's Fozzie. How can you dislike Fozzie? It was great. My, uh, my number three this time is actually Kermit. He's had a lot of ups and downs this season, but you'll see like those, he still gets really, really frustrated. There was the episode where he was in a hospital bed and they just threw him everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, that was the season, right? Yeah, that was the lime in the coconut number. Yeah, that we had. That was that was uh, problematic. Yeah, and then like the tender moment that he had with Sam, or he attempted to have with Sam. Kermit's still running pretty strong as well. I never think to put him on the list because he's like, he's Kermit taking our green boy for granted. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I am. I'm taking him for granted. That's exactly right. My number two is Gonzo the Great. I want to re- reiterate this is not about my favorite Muppet. This is about the Muppet I enjoyed the most this season. He got a couple of great musical numbers, though, and there was that whole episode about him when he was leaving the show, which is a great one. You know, it leads to that really touching moment with him and Kermit, almost too touching for the Muppet show. And um, and yeah, he's Gonzo the Great. He's, he's awesome. My number two is actually Floyd. And Floyd's an interesting one because he's... He gets a little bit more screen time, but he's mostly understated, but he always comes in with those quippy one-liners. And then there's that whole Floyd and Foo-Foo thing between that. And like, there was uh, I think it was in the Dizzy Gillespie episode. They had all of those park bench musical moments. Yeah. Where they're out there shooting up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Basically. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, Floyd, Floyd's found. great. Floyd has a couple of really good um, solos. He had the, the while my guitar gently weeps mm-hmm. number. So he, he got to play it. He got to play a lot this year. Um, so my number one is Miss Piggy mm-hmm. because Frank Oz, as we've said many times, is a maniac and she is just, in my opinion, objectively the best part of the show <laughs> at this stage. Yes. Uh, one could say she has, she kind of takes over the show. It became, it has become the Miss Piggy show um, in the same way that I don't know family matters became the Urkel show, maybe not as extreme. But uh, uh, she just she's a she's a force of nature. Um, I mentioned her horniness for Chris Reeve. That is is as insane as it was. Again, that's a feature, not a bug. She is all passion and and um, drive. And there is a heart there for sure. She definitely does have a big heart, but she's also very um, I, I don't know. She's she's Miss Piggy and she's she. She's taken over the show at this point, and um, I don't, I don't think it's lesser for it. Not at all. No, she's like we said. Frank's doing a hell of a job, and you see that in the opener with her, her interactions with Kermit and uh, John in regards to the camping trip. In that moment, where Kermit gets really, really upset because she starts insulting the swamp, was just a great moment. 
Oh yeah, so good. The scene with Denver, great. Um, her musical numbers, right? She, I get around, and uh, the with her on the um, bike is awesome, and uh, and just like, I don't, yeah, she gets more storylines than anybody else, but she's a star and she's huge, and and it's um, I don't know, I I I wouldn't have predicted, but right now she's my favorite character. Who do you guess my number one is? Is it Gonzo? It is Gonzo. Yeah. Gonzo's had an amazing season. You mentioned this, the episode where we, we were getting ready for Gonzo to leave, but also just in like the Liza Minnelli episode where he goes into that musical number and then he realizes that he's overreached. I was legitimately <laughs> upset in the yeah. uh, the season finale when they just booed and hurt him on stage. Gonzo's done amazing this season. I see. I, you know, when I, when I look back on Gonzo being my favorite Muppet, and he is, it's, that's not a bold choice, by the way. I'm, that's not a hot take but he is my favorite Muppet. A lot of that comes from post Muppet show stuff Hmm. because he becomes a much bigger character, you know, in the movies Mm -hmm. and everything. And so I love that character. And Dave goals is still playing that character to this day. So there's, there's a lot there, you know, link. We don't see a lot of link after the Muppet show is over, you know, but but Gonzo, like, there's a huge body of work. But, but for now, I'll give it to the pig. All right. And all we have left is what are we, what our best episode, our best in show. I have two. You have um, two? Well, I have, I have one, and then I have, like, a, kind of an honorable mention. My favorite, I think, was 414, Liza Minnelli. That's mine, too, actually. Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl with yellow feathers in her head. She's not my favorite guest star. I don't have a problem with her. I thought she was fine, but the episode the way the episode cohered, the way that everything played together. I think it was like, if, if I were to isolate a singular thing as the best in show, it would have probably been the Liza Minnelli episode. The high concept of it, all the numbers are, are pretty much bangers. <laughs> and um, I love the, just the little, the, the fun they had with Kermit as the private eye and and and, um, and with Liza as the, the damsel in distress and you know, it being Styler Mordorf at the end. and. Yeah, it's just it's a, and I also like it because, uh, like I've said in when we recorded that episode, um, that episode scared me as a kid, and I was glad to go back and watch it and really, really enjoy it. To be fair, a lot of people or a lot of Muppets died in that episode, and there's also that UK spot where everyone died. Yeah, no, that's what scared me is all these people were getting shot and stabbed. <laughs> you know, it's messed up. And the only other one I wanted to mention was 405 with Victor Borgia. Not for any particular reason. I mean, Victor Borgia was great, but my both my number one and number two best songs are in that episode. 
so it must have so it must have some weight i guess for me because mm-hmm. act naturally and macho man are both in that episode and he was just a lot of fun by himself like i oh, he was I'm not he was a classic music fan necessarily i don't have a problem with it he was a lot of fun in that episode all right well that's it that's our season four um working war season four we're going to take a little break um, and then we will come back with uh, season five of the Muppet show, the final season of the Muppet show. And then a little movie called the great Muppet caper. That'll be our next stop next. That'll be our, our, our itinerary for next season. You ever seen the great Muppet caper? If I did, I was too young to remember it. I don't think I did though. So yeah, but, but before that, we're going to take a break, recharge a little bit, watch some things in our Muppets. But until we come back, um, Thanks for listening. Please, uh, if you get a chance, check us out and um, try to give us a review on your podcast app of choice. It really helps us out. Um, and uh, But until we speak again, my name is Chad. My name is Nick. And uh, thank you for listening. Feet of Lunatic Daring is written and produced by Chad J. Shonk and hosted by Chad J. Shonk and Nicholas Jackson. Music by Seth Podolitz. And a proud production of Antithesis Audio.